We're going to read our scripture next, which um, Hendrik is going to uh, read for us, and we're going to be reading Revelation chapter 14, the first seven verses, and the text will be on verse 6 and 7. Thanks, Hendrik. So we're reading from Revelation 14. Then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters, and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as firstfruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. <clears throat> then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. That's the word of the Lord. Thank you. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning and uh, share together around God's word. And I have especially been encouraged by these verses uh, that I want to share with you today. They're, they're verses that um, have lots of relevance to my life, to the world, to Christians. And let me just um, repeat the verses of our, of our text. It's from Revelation 14, verse 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in mid-air. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. To every nation, tribe, our language and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God. Give him the glory because... The hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. <clears throat> well, first of all, um, for those who don't know me, yes, I, I do work um, for World Transform and Gospel just in a part-time capacity, to try to coordinate for all the churches uh, mission work and development work in uh, Central Asia. That's our main focus at the moment. 
Um, we're working amongst one tribe, and I'll be referring to that in the message today. Working to one indigenous people group. And um, the Feeder Family Program was administered in that group where the people aren't, I've said that before, the people aren't just at the bottom of the social rung in the hierarchical system that India works in, but they're below that because they're tribals. So there's um, castes, scheduled castes, castes, and scheduled tribes underneath that. So they have no dignity, uh, no status, hardly, and um, face so much suffering as a result of their status like that. Um, I feel very sorry. John mentioned in his prayer about Afghanistan, the whole of um, the female population of Afghanistan is going to be denied education from now on, I guess, under the Taliban. What a sad thing that is. Um, women in India have no status. Uh, I'll rephrase that. Some women in India have no status, and especially among the tribals. They are treated uh, about the same level as animals or below sometimes. It's very sad. But now we come to our text. And here's a picture of an angel. This angel is flying in midair. That's a strange sort of a picture. And, and I just want to think about that. What is this image about? What's this vision getting at? What's it saying to you and me? Well, you think about an angel, I guess. You think about a, a winged creature that's described in the Bible. And sometimes they're um, shining and bright and white. But I'd like you to think that maybe it's not that at all. Um, think with me because because of this context, all right? He's, um, it does have that meaning, but there's another meaning because the word angel just means messenger. That's the simple translation of the word. So how is this translated usually as, as angel, which makes us think in our culture of something else? But I'd like you to think about messenger. And there's a very, very good reason why we don't think of heavenly beings. Because heavenly beings are not charged in the Bible with preaching the gospel. You and me, we're charged with that. In fact, when you look at Peter and Peter's epistle, he says, angels long to look into these things. They do not understand the gospel. Well, they may understand it intellectually, but they don't understand it experientially because they have not sinned. They don't know. They don't need the grace of God. And these angels are proclaiming the gospel to all the earth. 
So he is this angel. He is a messenger flying, proclaiming the word of God all over the earth. So I'd like you to think about, and me to think about, this verse. It's speaking to you. It's speaking to me. Then, says John, in his vision, explaining this vision, I saw a messenger. And the messenger has what? The eternal gospel. That means the gospel doesn't change through time, but it also means that the gospel um, is about eternity. And what you do and what I do with the gospel affects forever. It, it affects people's lives forever and ever and ever. And it's a very serious matter when we think here about the message, the messenger, and the fact that it, it's not just a message that'll make you a little bit happy or that will give you contentment, but it's about eternity. The eternal gospel. How do we get right with God? Well, we've heard it already today in the service. Only by the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. I'm not an angel in the way that God has made angels. I'm an image bearer of the living God who has turned his back on God and gone his own way. And I'm the object of God's anger and judgment. It's on the earth. And that judgment is forever. But then God said, I will send my son, my own beloved son, and he will take the punishment for Bert's sins and your sins. And he will bear that eternally so that you and I can escape that eternal punishment. And I do that because of my mercy alone. And I do that not because Bert is somehow acceptable in my sight and he's done so many good things that I'll give a big tick by his name and I like him because, you know, he's very generous or he's, he's um, very kind and he's done so many nice things. No. In myself, I'm repulsive in God's sight, a rebel. In Christ... I'm righteous and only in Christ am I acceptable to God. This is the eternal gospel. This is what we need to explain and understand. That when I put my trust in Jesus, because of what Christ has done, I'm his eternal child. I think you've heard that message many, many times. And I think you hear it week after week after week. And this is why we gather together to rejoice. And we do this 
um, to praise God for what he has done. It's a radical message. It's a liberating message. It means that we face eternity without fear. I know there's lots of things that make us afraid and anxious and circumstances like, you know, lockdowns and isolation and quarantine can affect people's mental health and stress and all sorts of things. And there's troubles and financial issues and worries. But in Christ Jesus, we know ultimately we are secure. So, this is the message. This is the eternal gospel we proclaim. And we proclaim it here and we proclaim it there. And the text that we're looking at here says that. And this message is for the nations and the tribes and the people and the languages. To proclaim to all who live on the earth. What's what we talked about today and we heard about in the kids' talk was some mention of the different groups that there are. And tribe means different things. Tribe in India means um, 17 million. That's the tribe that we work under, work with. 17 million. Um, I don't know how many people love Jesus in Australia. 5%? 10%? It's hard to know. We've just had the census. It'll be interesting to see what comes up. Usually the Christian population or the people who, who determine that they're Christians gets less every year. But let's say 5%. In India, it's maybe 1%, 2%. Amongst this tribe, it's 0.1% who have ever heard about Jesus and put their faith in him. And there are 17 million of the 120 million tribals in India. And by the grace of God, we are partnering to also proclaim the good news. And in this sense, we are not the angels, but we are helping other people to be messengers or angels in their own culture, in their own language, amongst their own people. And, um, you know, the, the organisation called Gospel is asking you to pray for a man by the name of Shershing. Shershing and his wife Yoti have three kids and um, in the next few weeks you'll be getting uh, the usual yearly update. 
have a read of that when it comes around. I guess you'll get it electronically. Things have been a bit tough there for Shershing. Um, but there were 10 believers who were added this year to their church. And over the years that we've been involved there, the church has grown to 120 believers. And they're working in five villages amongst their own people. So God is blessing that work. And they're hoping that after the COVID time, they'll be able to penetrate new villages where Jesus hasn't been heard. Please pray regularly for, for Shershing, for his wife and children, but mainly for the people amongst whom he works. It's a huge tribe, a huge population spread over lots of different regions in central India. People who are shunned, people who are rejected. For example, even in a village, there might be a well that people can drink from, a hand pump, uh, but the bills can't touch it because they're tribals. Uh, other people only can use that well. The women, the girls, have got to walk miles and carry the water from a dirty creek, from a dirty pond, and use that. I'm getting back to our text. It says, He had the eternal gospel to proclaim to every nation, tribe, language and people. Messengers with the gospel, proclaiming the eternal gospel, go everywhere. And you know, it's different everywhere. How do you proclaim the gospel amongst build tribal people? I don't know. That's what men like Shershing are doing. And we're helping them uh, be resourced so they can do that. And they have a hierarchical structure that everything works with. I would find that horrible to, um, to have to operate under that system. But we live in, a, in an egalitarian sort of a, a structure here in Australia, don't we? we? We don't have to um, submit to everyone else. But how do people come to fear God? It says here, fear God and give him the glory. So in the first place we've seen what's the message? The message is the gospel. And who are the messengers? Who are the angels? Those who know the message. And how is that to be brought? How do you bring that 
in your culture? How does Shershing bring that in his culture? We know a little bit about what happens in another culture. But it's important for us to see how to do that in our culture. To remember that we have the eternal gospel and it's just as relevant today. But how do we bring it? It's a global message. But the message that John saw in this vision was that the messenger said also, fear God in a loud voice, he said that. He shouted it out. This was the way to do it. Fear God. Give him the glory. Listen up. This is important. He shouts it out. The eternal gospel and fearing God. These things are together as we see in our text today. I've learned a little bit about Indian culture and um, how that works. And always trying to please some authority and always needing to pay back and that's um, whether the family structure or the village structure everyone has their place and if you try to get out of that place you get, um, you get put back really quickly it's really tough I've just read a, a very inspiring book. I don't know if anyone's seen it. I got it out of the library first. I was most surprised to see it in the library. And I'm sure that you can get it here in the library too. Live Not By Lies, a manual for Christian dissidents by a guy called Rod Dreher. Now, it was only published last year. And... Um, there it is in the library. This is my copy that I bought at Kurong. It describes how under a totalitarian state, Christians survived with brutal punishment, dreadful suffering, for years and years in prison while their families languished. Why? Because the eternal gospel told them that they were children of God, acceptable to God. And this was the message for the world. And they would not stand. Or rather, they did stand against totalitarianism. And they went to prison for that. And after... 70 years communism in many of the Soviet countries was, was removed. These men and women stood for truth. They said, we will fear God no matter what the cost. We won't fear man. 
We will teach our children no matter what the cost. No matter what the cost. Because we belong to Jesus. And the challenging thing about this book was that, is that Rod Dreher is talking about another totalitarianism, a soft one. The one that you and I are in right now, where our minds and our actions, our thoughts are controlled by a different kind of authority. These words from Revelation talk about fear God, give him the glory. When you know the eternal gospel, this is how you can act in truth and righteousness and justice. Why? Because the hour for his judgment has come. Hour is not day, is not week, is not month. It's an hour. The hour of the judgment has come. There's 60 minutes left, you could say. The time is near. It's imminent. And so Christians need to be aware of and understand the situation that they're in. Shershing needs to do that in his culture, in his context, and stand against the authorities of... Um, of the Hindu majority in his land. It's tough. It's really, really tough. When your house gets burnt down because you're a Christian, well, you build it again. And it's tough when you can't get access to clean water for your kids and you've got to walk miles and miles to get it. And the injustices are, are rampant. It's tough for Christians who survived communism. But God built his church in that context. And it's tough for you and me because the silent enemy, the quiet, soft totalitarianism is just as dangerous. And in this context, we have the eternal gospel to proclaim. And this eternal gospel needs to be proclaimed as we remember who we are, not to fear man and popularity. And I guess it's really tough on teenagers at school to stand, isn't it? It's tough to be able to withstand what the world is saying, who you are and who you've got to be in order to be accepted. It's tough, but when the eternal gospel has been proclaimed to you and you know Jesus, then you and I can say, the judge is coming. And when he comes... On that last day, 
I'll stand before him in confidence as I stand before him in confidence now because I'm covered and clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And I don't fear man. I don't fear my culture. I don't fear. In fact, I'm standing against him. I'm worshipping only the king and serving only the king for his glory. Why? Well, because he's God. He made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the skies. We won't be doing much stargazing tonight, I don't think, with the rain and the clouds, but on a clear night, how exciting is it to look up into the sky? Just see our Milky Way and try to even think about another star let alone a whole galaxy. And to think that this creator God has made, well, I don't know. Last I read, it was 240 billion galaxies. Um, Our almighty God, he is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the one we fear and worship. May I lead you in prayer. We thank you, Father in heaven, for the wonderful mercies that you've extended to us in Jesus. Father God, we thank you for sending him and that he took our punishment and judgment. Oh, this wonderful message is our joy, our hope. And Lord, we just want to pray for anyone here who's not clear about these truths, that they will be um, able to receive them in faith and put their hope in Jesus alone. But we thank you today for this eternal gospel that secures our salvation in all eternity. And therefore, you call us now to be messengers, and proclaimers of King Jesus. Help us today to love and serve him where you've placed us. And we want to pray for the ministry of Shershink in his um, tribal context. Thank you for the church that's growing, for the baptisms that they're having or have had. And we want to pray for your, your, your rich blessing on the proclamation of that word. We pray for Christians in China right now and the um, hardships that they face and yet your hand is on them because they don't need to fear um, the, the uh, acceptance of their authorities. And despite the suffering, you are their God. And even when they die or are punished in prison, you are the Almighty One. Receive our thanks for your grace and help us now to stand for truth without fear or favour of men. And not fearing people and their opinion of us. Lord, it won't be easy to be a Christian, but it's a joy to know Jesus and serve and love him. Hear our prayer now, for we ask it in your precious name. Amen.